and welcome to the Bikers Church Midrand Podcast. It's great to have you join us for this week's episode. We hope that you find this valuable for your daily life. Alright, so if you're visiting with us this morning, um, we are approaching, well we have come to the end of a, of a series called Armor. And within this series, we've, we've really just been looking at this letter that, that Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus, but how he speaks to us through the writings of, uh, of, of this letter. And essentially, he just spoke to the church about, about living a good life, living a godly life, and that in order to live this godly life, um, every once in a while, you're going to come up against something called the strategies of the devil. And as you come up against the strategies of the devil, you would have to arm yourself with, with, with some godly defenses. And Paul, Paul speaks about them as the armor of God. He refers to it as the armor of God. Now, throughout the series, we've, we've, we've kind of run through the different pieces, but, but one of them was, was the belt of truth and just saying how we need to be engaging with the Word of God and, and, and bringing to memory the Word of God so that when we do find ourselves in these moments where we, where we come up against the strategies of the devil, that, that ultimately we armed from within to be able to stand against what's coming our way. So, we put out a memory truth challenge. So many of you know. It's hard to get someone up here every week to come and, and take part. Not because you aren't taking part. I've engaged with so many of you and you're like, hey, this is the truth. It's just you're not going to get me up front there. You're not going to get a mic in my hand. You can forget it. So we keep having to try and like bribe people to come up here and do it. So this morning the straw fell on. On Tian. Tian, did you, did you get a second round, dude? It seems like it. Let's go. I know it was Bronwyn, but I see she passed the baton. Well done, Tian. All right, dude, hit us. Philippians 2.13, for God is working in you to give you the desire and power to, to do what he desires. That's good enough, man. Well done. Thank you. Pick yourself a bag. That one. All right, what's in it, dude? I want to know. <laughs> Nothing. Look harder. Ah, there we go. Okay. A Coke and a chocolate. Didn't you get a Coke the last time? <laughs> All right. Okay. Then, is this thing a bit loud, dude? Or is it, is it Ramon? Is it just me? All right. Fantastic. Well done, Tian. So... This week, we're kind of just going to jump straight into it because we're going to wrap it up at the, at the end. This week, we, we look at, at the last part of this section, um, Ephesians 6 and verse 17. Last week, we, we spoke specifically about, about the helmet of salvation, which is the A part of this verse. Uh, the B part says this. So, so let's read the whole scripture. It says, put on salvation as your helmet. And then for this week, and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And take the sword of the Spirit, which is 
the word of God. So as I read that, I think there's some, some things that we, we kind of just need to identify with, within that scripture. If we look at the, the, the armor so far, if we look at all these defenses that we've said we need to put on um, over the past six weeks now, you'll notice that, that all of them are, are their, their, their primary purpose is defense. Their primary purpose is defense. A, a belt, we said the belt kind of keeps everything together. It keeps all the armor together. But the body armor, the shoes, the shield, the helmet, all of these, their primary responsibility, their primary purpose is defense. And here this week, we see that there's a bit of a shift now he talks about the word of God as, as a sword. He, he talks about the, the sword of the spirit. And if we understand the language properly, we, we see that a Roman soldier essentially had two swords. He had a long sword and then he had a, a short sword, which was kind of like an oversized dagger. So he, he goes from, from saying we need, to, we need to build up all these defenses, we need to put on all these defenses, and it's like he shifted from all these, these instruments of defense to now bringing out a sword, which is primary purpose. It can be used for defense, but its primary purpose is for offense. Now, let's be honest. Swords aren't needed in safe spaces. Isn't that true? Like you don't necessarily need a sword when you're sitting on your couch watching TV. Fact, okay? Depending on who's watching TV with you. You don't, you don't, you don't, really, you don't really need a sword when your alarm's armed and you're sleeping. Okay? You don't, you don't really need a sword in, in, in places of where things are safe. Where do we need a sword? <laughs> that was funny, in South Africa. Because um, let's be honest, when, when it comes to a sword, even if, it's, if, even if it's a glorified dagger, like you can use it in safe spaces. You can use it to cut up your salad, you know, prepare a salad. You could. It would be weird, but you could use it for that. Um, you, could, you could use it to cut your meat at the dinner table um, if you're at like a Renaissance fair or something. Um, you know, you can use it to cut your biltong. It would feel really manly, guys. Um, you can use it to cut open boxes and to cut open packages. You can even use it to cut out the tag in your shirt that's been bothering you for days. You can use it for that, but let's be honest, it's not its primary purpose. You see, a sword's true purpose is found... In places where things aren't safe. The true purpose of a sword is found in the middle of the battle. So Paul says, take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. When we think of the Word of God, we like to think of the Word of God in the context of safe spaces. Think about it. Uh, Let me speak for myself. I love thinking of the Word of God like in the context of an early morning in my favorite chair 
with my favorite mug with some nice tea or coffee in it, depending on the morning, and just engaging with the Word of God, just sitting there reading it, enjoying it, allowing God to talk to me through it. I'm sure many of us look at the Word of God and we go, yeah, like I'm happy with the Word of God in, in that moment. Or, or, or maybe around the dinner table at night, maybe you're that family where around the dinner table at night you'll, you'll kind of talk about what did I read this within today or, or yesterday or what are the things that God's busy doing? What, what scripture did I hear? And it's kind of just been turning around inside of me and, you know, just start engaging around the dinner table. Maybe that's, that's where, where you're comfortable with, with, with using the word of God. Or maybe it's at night when you're putting your kids to sleep and, and you've got a little children's Bible or something along those lines and, and you engage with the word of God in, in that safe space. Or maybe it's, it's in a home cell or a small group or within that context. Or maybe it's in the front seat of your car during your lunch break at work where you just sit down and, and engage with the Word of God. And we like to think of using the Word of God in these safe spaces. Um, and all of these pl- spaces are pretty safe. But the truth is that the sword has a greater purpose than just these moments. The Word of God has a greater purpose than just these moments. I was so challenged within the past two weeks with, um, with a song, and we sang it today. But, but w- with, a, with a scripture that, that, that just ties so beautifully in there, and, and the scripture is just Psalm 127, verse 3 and 4. And I can remember when, when Zion came into our lives, when our little son came into our lives, so many people sent us the scripture. Um, and, and here's what the scripture says. It says, children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward for him. Uh, from him, sorry. Children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hand. And then it goes on to say that blessed is him who, who has a whole quiver full of them. And, and you, now you understand why so many people sent us that scripture when, when, when this little guy came into our lives. Um, because it's also what I send parents with newborns. Hey man, children are a blessing from God. Because they are. And if you are following the memory truth of, of the week, this is our memory truth for this week. But as I think of the scripture, you know, as with a sword, an arrow isn't meant to stay in the hand of a warrior. It's not meant to stay in, its, in his quiver. An arrow is, 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 has been made with a purpose. It, 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 the purpose of an arrow is to be put in a bow and to be shot into danger. That's the purpose of an arrow. And here's the thought. If we call ourselves Jesus followers, if somewhere along the line we've engaged with the love of Jesus and, and we've really sought to, to, to seek his heart for our lives and, and really just engage with him and, 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 and in that moment something happens, the word tells us that we then get adopted into the family of God. That, that God comes and he, he brings us in as his dear children into his family. Now, when we look at the scripture, 
where it says, children are a gift from the Lord, they're a reward from Him. Born, uh, children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hand. Like I couldn't help but in that moment see myself as God's child. And, and that in truth, that I am an arrow in the hand of my Father God. Folks, the truth is, if, if we call ourselves Jesus followers, if, if we've said yes to, to being part of God's family, then the truth is that you are an arrow in the hand of your father. And then as God is our father, and as we surrender into his hand, he launches us into the fight. He launches us into danger. He launches us into the unknown. Not to harm us, but to reveal our true purpose. What is our true purpose? Whenever I think of purpose, I can't get away from John 17, where where this prayer is recorded of Jesus, where where Jesus prays for you and prays for me. And, 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 And essentially, he prays about our purpose. And he, he says, he says that our purpose is for relationship with him. That, that our purpose as, as, as men and women created by God, that our purpose is to have relationship with God. But also to have relationship with each other. And as we grow in our relationship with God, he, he takes us and He launches us into relationship with others. And if you know anything about relationship, you'll know that relationship can be dangerous. Relationship can be a fight. And there are a lot of unknowns when it comes to entering into relationship with someone. But these relationships... That he, that he launches us into, they're not just with, with people who share our worldview. They're not just with people who share, who share our thinking, who share our, our, our morals, our values, our ethics. Um, you see, what, what, he, what he does is he, he launches us into relationship specifically with people who don't, who don't share our worldview, our morals, our values, our ethics, our thinking. And he does it on purpose. He specifically places us where people are hurting, where, where, where people are lonely, when people are, 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 are hungry, where people are marginalized. He specifically sends us into those spaces. And he launches us to penetrate the hurt, to penetrate the hunger, to penetrate the loneliness, to penetrate the exclusion or the feeling of exclusion, to penetrate the darkness, to penetrate the chaos, to penetrate the madness as we sang earlier. He launches us into the fight for their lives. And he, he arms us with, with his love for his people. 
He arms us with His truth. He arms us with His Word. He arms us with His Spirit, or as we've been talking today, the the sword of the Spirit resonating in our hearts. But I don't think that we should discount the, the, the safe place. Because you see, folks, it's, it's in the safe place. It's in those, those mornings in our favorite chair with our, with our favorite mug, engaging in the Word of God. It's, it's, it's in that safe place sitting around the, the dining room table or, 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 or at our bedside with our kids or, or, or in our small group or home cell or whatever you go to or um, in the front seat of that car during lunchtime, engaging in His Word. It's, it's in those safe places that He uses the safe place to prepare us for that fight. Where He prepares us to send us into those spaces, into those dark places. If I can put it this way, it's our basic training. No, no military force worth its salt recruits people and on the same day sends them into war with no training. Your casualties will be massive. No, any, any military force worth its salt will recruit people and then send them on basic training where they will equip men and women to, to be able to fight effectively. You see, and, and, and as Paul has spoken throughout um, this, this portion of scripture in, in Ephesians 6, you know, he's spoken about the fact that we are in a battle, man. In this life, we're in a battle. We're in a battle not against flesh and blood, but against the strategies of the devil. Against, you, you have an enemy, and he's out for your destruction. But, It's not just for us to be in that space of defense the entire time. I believe that he wants to move us. That he wants to activate us. And that he wants to use us for a greater purpose than just taking blows all day long. See, there's this pastor by the name of J.D. Greer. And he said this, he said, You should be so saturated with the word of God that when life cuts you, You bleed God's word. I thought, man, what a powerful statement. What a powerful statement. See, the challenge is that when we dig into the word of God, we discover and we we come face to face with the reality of our own brokenness. Isn't that the truth? And that's quite often a space that we don't want to be in. We, we don't want to engage in that area because, because it's not always comfortable. It's not always nice, but it's so necessary. The author of, of the book of Hebrews said this in Hebrews 4 verse 12. He said, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit. Between joint and marrow, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. It's quite a mouthful. See, the Word of God exposes the intention of my heart. I can try and 
say that my intention is X, Y, or Z. But man, when I stand before God and when I, when, when, when I allow His, the truth of His Word to, to, to come and penetrate the, the deepest parts of me, my true motive is exposed. And there's this line in the Scripture where He says that, that His Word cuts between soul and spirit. And, and this bothered me. <laughs> it bothered me. I thought, I thought about it for such a, a long time. And, and here's, here's what was happening inside of me was, was this thought. That when we dig in, when we discover the truth of who God is and the truth of who we are, and that our selfish nature will always get in the way of His Spirit being able to change us and use us for his purpose. Like, that's, that's what my selfish nature does. It comes and it tries to, tries to strangle what God's trying to do. Why? Because when, when, when I'm not allowing God into these spaces, my selfishness doesn't want to give God his way. So we need to allow God through his word and through his Holy Spirit to come and do surgery on our hearts. Then we start to live differently. And, and, and why? Why should we live differently? Why should we think differently? Because the truth be told, folks, left to ourselves, we will live for ourselves. Can I repeat that? Left to ourselves, we will live for ourselves. I love the way that Andy Stanley put it. He said, those who devote themselves to themselves will ultimately have nothing but themselves to show for themselves. Man, what an empty existence. We need to allow God's word to do surgery on us. Cutting between soul and spirit. Cutting between our minds, our wills, our emotions. And His Holy Spirit working in us so that His Holy Spirit can work through us. And when we allow this cutting away, our lives start to speak. They start to shout of the truth, the reality of who God is. When we engage with the Word of God in the safe place, we are trained to use His Word. To be effective for Him. And when we are launched into the fight, into the danger, into the unknown, we don't go unarmed, but He arms us, He equips us to go and be effective for Him. So to summarize, when we take time in the safe place, when we take time, whether it's in the morning, in whatever way, whether it's in the evening, whether it's midday, whenever it is, but when we just take time in the safe place to dig into the written word of God, we start to discover the message of his word. 
And if you've been following us over the last couple of weeks, you'll know that the Word of God has actually been this common theme, whether we've spoken about truth, righteousness, um, faith, salvation, no matter what we've spoken about over the past six weeks, the Word of God was also always central in all of those messages. So we start to discover the message of the Word, and our lives will start to declare the Word when we face the fight, when we face the danger, when we face the unknown. The worship team's welcome to come back. As we've worked through this series, we've, we've spoken about equipping ourselves with these godly defenses, putting on these, these godly defenses daily. And to, to be able to stand against the, the strategies of the devil. And as we've said, this is what the armor of God is for. But I believe that the armor of God is for so much more than just that. Because today we've really kind of made the shift in focus. We've shifted from defense to offense. Where we've, we're just trying to stay alive. We're just trying to protect a way of life. To going, Lord, I surrender my way of life. I, I surrender my will. I, I surrender all these things the way that I think it should be. And Lord, I'm willing to step into a space of offense, meaning a space where I'm willing for you to use me as effectively as you desire to use me. So I don't know, maybe, maybe that's you today. Maybe, maybe you've functioned in defense mode, protecting that way of life. But today, folks, we need to know that God has called and He is equipping you to function beyond the safe space. As we dig into His Word, as we discover our purpose, we become arrows in the hand of the living God. Equipped with the sword of the Spirit, moving beyond the safe, moving beyond the comfortable, moving beyond the insignificant at times. Space that we've settled for. And we start allowing, and I really want to kind of speak shift tenses here a bit and just say my prayer for you is that that you would allow yourself to be launched into the greatest darkness where the light of Christ in you shines through from under that armor and starts declaring starts shouting to the world around you starts start screaming into the hurt the hunger, the loneliness, the exclusion, the darkness, the chaos, the madness, that there is salvation when we put our faith in the one who gives peace as he calls you righteous because of the truth of what Jesus has done in you. And this morning, if 
If you're in a space where you can say, Ramon, you know, that, that's actually ultimately true. If I'm honest, I've, I've, I've been in a space where I've just kind of gravitated towards the fence. I've actually enjoyed the Armour series because, you know, I've been safe there. But today, you've heard, God has more for your life. God has so much more for your life than just being stuck in a space where where we're okay with being on the back foot. But that the truth is that God has created you with a purpose. It's two things. It's relationship with Him and it's relationship with others. And it's only in relationship with Jesus. It's only in relationship with God that we truly catch God's heart for people. Where our hearts start to break for the things that break God's heart. That when we look into this loneliness, when we look into this darkness, when we look into the chaos that we're surrounded by day in and day out, that as we look at these things, we start to realize, you know what? There has to be more. There has to be more for the world around me. And as we engage with God's heart, we start to find out what that more is. We start to find out that He is the more that is needed for the world around us. And folks, maybe you're sitting here this morning and that question has been hovering over your own life. Going, man, there's got to be more for me. There's got to be more to this life. I want to say this to you. If you've not engaged with the love of Jesus yet, then this morning, do so. Do so. Because I can speak from personal experience. My life was a mess. My life was going nowhere very quickly. And the moment that I engaged with the heart of God for my life, He sent me on the greatest adventure that I could have ever dreamed of. You want there to be purpose for your life? Engage with the heart of God. You want there to be purpose for your life? Move beyond your own selfish nature. Make sure that at the end of your life, you don't just have yourself to show for yourself. Make sure that you connect with God's heart for your neighbor, for your colleagues at work, for your family that's struggling, for your friends that, 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 are, that are distanced from God. For your community that's, that's struggling and, and, and if I can be as bold as to say asking all the wrong questions, but for us to just be able to step into that space and just say, you know what? Maybe all that this community needs, maybe all that this family needs, maybe all that this workspace needs is for us to shift our focus from everything that's wrong and just shift our focus to the one who has life and life in abundance and folks this morning if you're in a space where you've just been stuck in defense mode but you recognize that if you've somewhere along the line engaged with the heart of God that man Lord I want you to break my heart for the things that break your heart Lord I want to be I want to be that man I want to be that woman who raises their hand and says Lord send me into the madness Send me into the brokenness. Send me into the chaos. 
Lord, send me on the greatest adventure of my life so that with everything inside of me, I can know that this life has purpose and that I'm living out your purpose for my life. Lord, it's time for me to, st- to step off the back foot, step onto the front foot and engage in areas where I've not been willing to go. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm not going to ask you to stand. Nothing like this. We're going to do the song again. And as we do the song again, I want you to just pay attention to the lyrics of the song. And if you're listening online, it's Michael Ketterer's Rebels. You can go have a listen to it. But this morning, as we just engage with this song again, and just pay attention to the words, but what I want you to do in those moments is just allow God to speak into your own heart. Just do business with God. This isn't between you and me. This is between you and God. And right there in that moment, just engage with Him and allow His Holy Spirit to speak His truth into your life this morning. Thanks, guys. We trust that you found this message valuable. For more information on who we are or how you can get involved, please check out our website at bikerschurchmidrand.co.za or connect with us through social media on Facebook or Instagram. Beyond that, have a great day.